0: Welcome to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host,
1: Dr. Stephen Green. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, Steve Green here. The Make the Grade podcast. I've got a guest in the house, Tyrone Robinson. Tyrone, how are you?
0: I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. How are you?
1: I, I am great. I am uh, excited to have you on because you are a wealth of information. Uh, this post- podcast is about parents, for parents, for students, anybody really that wants to learn how to take action, kind of further themselves. Specifically, I'm involved in education. Uh, But education goes beyond school. You know, it goes into the workplace, goes a lot of places. And I think that's where you're going to bring some really good value today. Let me just tell everybody a little bit about about Tyrone. Tyrone Robinson owns a company called Opportunities to Serve LLC. Seven years in the business, um, Tyrone's been helping business owners all over the world start, fix, save, or scale their businesses through operations and strategy consulting and services. 10 years experience developing, managing, and leading programs, organizations, and small businesses. He is fervently passionate like that about building and creating world-class businesses, and organizations that significantly impact the success and satisfaction of their employees, internal and external com- customers, shareholders, and communities. Uh, you got a degree from Delaware County Community College in Mansfield U. Mansfield U is in Pennsylvania, right? That's correct. It's it's near the Grand Canyon of Pennsylvania.
0: That's correct. I remember that,
1: yeah. And got some some sheepskin from UCAL Irvine and UPenn Wharton. Good for you, buddy. Yeah. So, you know, I look at Tyrone and we've had some conversations. It's one of the reasons I'm excited to do this today. Um, I think you bring a really interesting, it may be even unique kind of combination of book smart, street smart. Uh, experience, because you, you, you're walking the walk, but you talk the talk as well, which, which I think is awesome. But let's start out with operations. Uh, sure. Let's define it. Ex- explain to the audience here. What, is, what are operations? What, what, what are they? Why are they? Who needs them? What are they?
0: Sure. So uh, my definition really is all about productivity, efficiency and optimizing talent around great processes and systems that allow people to be successful, Uh, and happy at doing what it is they are doing.
1: So essentially,
0: essentially I, I am looking to really help bridge the gap between leadership's expectations and what employees are tasked with. You know, understanding that leaders generally have an idea of how work should be done and employees generally have an idea of how work should be done. What I typically walk into is a hybrid of the two, where my opportunity is to be able to help uh, everyone understand where the barriers and challenges are uniquely for everyone, as well mm-hmm. as discover where the overlaps are within the organization or departments. Uh, and by doing that, it makes it really easy to make recommendations, suggestions, and implementations that impact the organization.
1: Can you give a, um, uh, without revealing any, Confidentialities or anything? Can you can you give an example of of how you've maybe maybe a case study if you if you want to call it that of a maybe a, a business you've gone into and they had a certain culture or a certain uh, issue that that you addressed and 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 how you were able to improve that and get them you know all focused and everybody on the same page.
0: Sure. So um, I work with the current client now for about let's call it three, four years. Um, When I walked in there, I was recommended by their marketing team who was really having trouble reaching the owner of the company for that collaborative piece so that they could do their job better. Um, Understanding that marketing really does require a good amount of collaboration to understand the organization they're representing. Uh, This company happens to be one of those companies that really needs to invest quite a bit into marketing. So that relationship needed to be established, however, because that leader wore so many hats in the business that were pretty much unreachable, um, therefore hurting the uh, benefits that the marketing company could offer. So, you know, they said to me, hey, you'd be the perfect person because what I'm dealing with is what you actually helped with. And in her case, it was about figuring out ways to get her out of her business so she can run her business and or scale and grow it, right? So, Interesting. you know- at that point, that I walked into that relationship, she was actually three months from considering closing. Um, she had suffered over a million dollars loss the year prior due to a fire, loss of inventory, and so on and so forth. So it was a rough year, and um, I was tasked with saving, helping to save the business. And you know, the, the really big opportunity there was operations. So for that case, it was initially a mapping process, understanding how anything happens, who's involved, what's involved, what systems, what tools, everything, understanding what was going on in the organization. So we literally mapped out all of her behaviors, where her time was being spent, what she was doing, how she was doing, but we also mapped out all of the processes in the business. And again, figured out we had several um, opportunities to put people in better positions and or bring people on for positions that didn't exist and we also had to figure out the systems piece of it because of the business or the nature of the business this business is promotional products and corporate gifting so it's two businesses yeah. that's being run under one roof and we wanted to be able to have everything speak to each other in terms of systems so we could capture that data in one place Uh, So we not only had to figure out, you know, which ERP system to implement, we had to figure out which uh, inventory management system was best for us, what CRM system was best for us, and so on and so forth. So in this actual opportunity, there were a number of systems that we could use, there were a number that they were using. We had to figure out what was best for us, what was best for the people utilizing these, being the employees, where their technology experience and comfort is and was. Um, so essentially, it was it was kind of the whole gambit of what I, I talk about in operations, where I look at people, processing, people processes and systems as being more or less the glue that holds everything together in any organization. And um, you know, when we talk about people. Like I said, it was the right people, um, but they were in the wrong roles. And so we really had to figure out how to delegate more effectively, what each person's capabilities were uh, individually to be able to get the best out of them. For the process side, because it is such a process intensive uh, job and experience, we had to really figure out how to get more out of less, meaning less steps. Um, and how can we get from, you know, poor performance in terms of delivery status to great performance? And what does that look so like? So
1: an efe- because- increase efficiency.
0: Absolutely. Hmm. So we had to map that out. We had to literally figure out every single step involved to be able to make those iterations or iterative changes to be able to make some impact. And as far as the systems, like I said, there were no shortage of systems we had to look through, experiment with. Uh, I mean, we found so many things as far as um, improper uh, listing of prices. They were actually losing money the way their system was set up. Uh, So we had to really account for it. All of the things that they had done um, incorrectly previously to be able to move forward in the right direction. So we cleaned up every single area of this people process systems. We brought new people in. Uh, I actually walked a role for a few months um, and created a role to where we now have someone there permanently executing the same way so that it's I was. A, almost executing. like a COO. Exactly like that. Hmm, that that's interesting. the title that the uh, leader uses for me. In their there business. you go.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting because what you're doing is on a, a I don't imagine this wasn't a large, large business, but it wasn't a one person operation either. Right. And one of the biggest um, complaint slash uh, just questions that parents ask me is why is my kid so inefficient in their work? They don't really use that wording, but sure. you know, my kid takes four hours and they get a half hour's worth of work done. So one of the things I'm very big on is managing your time. Well, managing your information, well putting it all together with a daily consistent action plan which is sort of a miniature version in a sense of what you're talking about with the business. But I think the principles are very, very similar. Um, one of the things you, know you said I thought was interesting. Go
0: ahead. Let me add to that. It, it's it's very cool that you mentioned that because that's exactly what's happening in the organization right. to where yes. the finger is nine and a half times out of 10 pointed directly back to the leader in right. that instance where their employees aren't being productive And so on, and that is because, generally speaking, um, the employees aren't provided with the right tools and resources to be able to execute in the way that the leader is expecting them
1: to. Right. So because it's almost like a, it's like a vicious circle. The owner gets mm -hmm. mad because the salespeople aren't producing, but the salespeople don't have the tools, the infrastructure, and the support to produce, and then it just spirals in the wrong direction.
0: Exactly. And it's the same in in the household.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it'd be the same any place. So. And also what I find is, is detrimental is when the parents, each parent, like the mother, the father, whoever, are not on the same page in terms of their viewpoint of what the child's processes and procedures, and as you call them operations, mm-hmm. I would call them study skills or study strategies are, but effectively it's the same thing. It's taking, Absolutely. it's taking some tasks that need to get done and doing them in an efficient way. Um,
0: and that's why the communication piece is so important in my delivery, because yes. I don't just speak and meet with leaders to be able to create some top-down hierarchical approach and delegate that to the employees. I take as much input from the employees as I do from the leaders, and I'm speaking to the person you know, pushing the broom at the end of the night to be able to collect insight and get everyone on the same page and understand what page everyone is on. So I can catch everyone up. So, you know, same as your example with the parents, you know, two parents mm-hmm. have different ideas, you know, it would be helpful for everyone to get on the same page. It, it, and understand. It's,
1: a, it's a topic I have to talk about pretty frequently with parents, because often you'll get the one parent is kind of like I don't know, the drill sergeant type. Mm-hmm. And then you get the one parent who's the Kind of mellow one, and of course, the kids always go to the one that they can get the most away with, right?
0: I'm experiencing um, this now. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it was, it's, that's another conversation. But, uh, but, 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 but the root of it in, in this is similar. The, the same results are going to happen in business when you don't have consistent leadership, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have consistent policies. I remember, uh, wasn't well, that long ago, four or five years ago, I was involved in, in helping a, a, a small insurance company. Uh, like an agency. And what happened was uh, they had four salespeople. None of them had the same sales process. So one of them quit. One of them decided to go to another agency. No one could figure out where the, what that person had done, who his leads were, where he was in the sales funnel with them, uh, you know, what was going on with it. And it was a mess. It, it, they lost who knows how much business because they couldn't trace and they couldn't plug in to where it was, there was absolutely no consistency. And I I find with the studying, you know, a little bit of a square hole round peg because it's a different product, but not really because the approach is the same. Absolutely. It really is. Um, I I know they're all important, but is it possible to say, you got people process systems, right? They're all critical. Is one, where does it start? To start with having the right people and you plug them into the processes and the systems, Or do you create the systems, then you plug the process and the people in? Or do you have the process? Or is is it inseparable?
0: Here's the thing. It depends on where you are in your business. If you're starting out as a solopreneur, I help you build with the intention of scaling and growing and bringing people on. Meaning we're already going to perceive every single thing we need to do in your business as if it could be delegated. So it's like
1: the old Jack Welch IBM mindset. Okay.
0: exactly. So So we're going to think like a billion
1: dollar business when we're a hundred thousand dollar business.
0: Exactly. So what we can do is create the proper processes, have the right systems so that we actually know who we're looking for and what qualifications and abilities they need to have versus testing that out on the fly. So, you know, when we go to scale and grow, we actually already have created the avatar, uh, so to speak of the exact person we want and are looking for. And nine and a half times out of 10, I'm the one hiring for these companies. Hmm. That is also a part of the people. So when I tell you, I'm not only helping build the culture, the processes, the systems, understanding the organization, I'm bringing that next person in to fit the mold all across the board. Now, if you have Hmm. people already, the opportunity there is to figure out where everyone generally feels they can give their best and align different roles and responsibilities and create new job descriptions to fit that meet that um, and see if we can develop some people or bring other people in in positions that they're just more comfortable or more likely to succeed in so you know it could be you know a couple different ways to approach it but again if you're a solopreneur we're going to build as if if you're you know a business owner already we're going to build with and recognize where the opportunities are.
1: Awesome. Hey, Steve Green here, my guest, Tyrone Robinson, opportunities to serve. He is the solutions architect. I love that. That's a a great uh, tagline. I am the success doctor, you're the solutions architect. This is awesome, buddy. Um, This is the Make the Great podcast. My goal is to give parents, students actions and strategies that they can use right away, plug in to maximize their education. In this case, we're taking it to another level. We got an expert here on taking a lot of these same ideas, maybe a little bit of a different vocabulary, but it doesn't really matter. The point is a successful business operates because they have, they have consistent strategy process and they plug the right people in the right places with the right leadership. In school, you gotta have the same game plan. You can't have seven strategies for six days. It's not gonna work well, people. Uh, and speaking of the S word strategy Um, how's that play into this, Tyrone? Uh, Obviously, you've got business planning, you got business models, you got strategic plans, you got goals. Uh, Tell us, tell us how you would help a business navigate that.
0: Sure. So I take a different look at it. I look at strategy as an opportunity to create new market space or uncontested market space within an existing industry. So that that word differentiation (laughs) is my focus, and what I want businesses to think about is when you're building your business, or if you're in business, your whatever industry you are in, you're competing on a number of key factors, maybe between eight to 12 key factors that everyone in said industry is competing on, meaning they're spending time, energy, resources, and assets to be able to develop these pieces. What I help business owners do is actually take a different approach, meaning we're gonna look at these key factors, but we're gonna also figure out what we can maybe raise eliminate, reduce, or create within these key factors to create divergence between us and our quote-unquote competitors. I more or less um, call them people in our brand neighborhoods, Uh, meaning the businesses that I work with, we don't necessarily acknowledge competition because we are delivering business in a way that our competitors aren't. And so strategy for me starts with differentiation, building toward an opportunity to break down barriers and challenges that your industry presents to a customer base, a non-customer base, or a customer base that could be um, more or less ready for that next big thing so they can leave where they are now. Uh, so if you think about you know, the difference between Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts, right? Dunkin' had a 20-year head start on Starbucks. Starbucks, you know, made $20 billion more than Dunkin' last year. Uh, most business owners don't have an opportunity to be $19 billion worse than their competitor. However, <laughs> when you look at the two models, they're significantly different, and what they're differentiating on is significantly different. Interesting. Uh, I won't bore everyone, but, you know, if I can give one point for each, you know, Dunkin' Donuts consistently delivers in the area of speed that America runs on Dunkin'. There's no coincidence that that is their most successful campaign. So if you're a
1: busy person, you don't have to stand there waiting seven exactly. minutes for your mochaccino, $18. In fact, you're only going to Java. wait
0: four minutes and 30 seconds with Dunkin' from okay. order to completion. And that is the fastest window time of all fast food. Interesting. So. The person who loves Starbucks and has to get to work in seven minutes and they have a Dunkin' on one corner and a Starbucks on the next intuitively knows what their decision needs to be if they don't want to be late to work.
1: Because their time is more important than the money.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, when a Starbucks comes in, they say, well, what's Dunkin' doing? You know, how, how can we fit in this industry and what don't we need? Well, they pretty much said we don't need to be you know, in that fast food orientation, we don't need kitchen equipment. In fact, instead of investing there, we'll just invest in higher quality coffee, cappuccino machines, etc. Um, they're going to emphasize quality, customization, all the things that we literally so desire. It's the whole idea that today. it
1: isn't just somebody pouring your coffee; it's the barista. I'm, I'm not pronouncing that. Now you've got like a concierge coffee Absolutely. maker who might be, a, and this is not supposed to be an insult at all, but it might be a 17 year old kid who got trained for 15 minutes on making coffee, but they're being positioned as, a, as an expert kind of uh, person doing this. Absolutely. Whereas the person at Dunkin', nobody's going to mistake them for some coffee expert. <laughs>
0: that's but, but nobody wants and, them to uh, be. I think know.
1: that's your point, is that's their brand.
0: Absolutely.
1: Their brand and, is you want a you quick, know, solid yeah. cup for three bucks less, come here. You want the pamper treatment and pay extra for the name and the, you know, the, the titling you got it.
0: Absolutely. And the baristas are, you know, at Starbucks trained to make over 40,000 different combinations of whatever they have to offer you. Absolutely. So, you know, you can't get any more custom than that. You know, we're in the on-demand economy where we want things now and we want it the way we want it. Um, And the landscape has changed, right? More people do business out in the community then right. they're forced to work in an office so you know mm-hmm. they made a comfortable environment which you know nine times out of ten people are going to ask you to meet at starbucks versus duncan for a legitimate reason you know it's just more comfortable it may be loud in some cases uh, but still it's more comfortable there's the wi-fi and there's an expectation of you doing that
1: thing. you know what it is you know um, what the word is it's more of an experience exactly you know, as opposed exactly. to a, a place you just go to get a cup of Joe, right? Exactly. Hmm.
0: So, you know. Which is all part of their
1: brand. Absolutely.
0: Gotcha. And, you know, I'd argue that most of us spend our money at highly differentiated brands. And it's just the fact that that's the way it is. If, if you can appeal to a customer base differently than the next person in your in your brand neighborhood, That's what they're going to communicate. Your brand is what they're communicating.
1: So part of your strategy as a consultant, as the solutions architect, is to develop this differentiation and and what the perception of the public would be about the business. Um, So that's people say, I want this particular service. I want this. I'm going there. And we're not even concerned about what the guy down the street is selling or what their uh, branding is, because it doesn't matter because we... Your advice has branded these people so strongly it's almost impenetrable that way.
0: Absolutely. And even in a year like this year, at best, uh, my client one of my clients is up 120% this year. Mm-hmm. And they went through this strategy framework last August. We did about three to four months of operations and they're off to the races, you know, and it's fantastic to support businesses like this and be a part of the growth and recognize that you've really had a hand in helping them not align with their competitors but do something completely different and shake it up and 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 be sought after as much as they are so it, it is a really awesome experience to be able to support businesses in that way which you know just promotes you know what you read about me earlier about wanting to create organizations that benefit their communities and their internal and external shareholders.
1: Coming up on a time cap here, because Tyrone is a busy guy, he's got to call us some major players in about five minutes here. But (laughs) let me ask you this. Is there any advice? uh, Talk to the parents out there. Sure. Talk to, I know you're, you know, you're a family guy, right? Yeah. I think, right? So, you know, we're we're getting some legit info here. This is, uh, you know, what what would your advice be to parents? So we're going to kind of bridge the gap here the corporate strategist, the corporate operations person. Uh, what would you tell the parents in terms of implementing this at home? I have my own ideas. I've talked about them ad infinitum on my podcast. And like I said, time management info, whatever. But what, what's your advice kind of being in the trenches and kind of, you know, you're out there helping businesses during the day, you're at home taking care of it at, at night with the family. Can you apply the same principles? Because I, oh, I, I know I know how it goes. You get, not you, but everybody gets so in the zone of how they think and how they promote and how they present ideas. And then you come home and you wanna have the same efficiencies in your house, right?
0: Sure. So it's, um, it's it's really about, you know, to me as a father of a nine-year-old son uh, on the autism spectrum, I'm always looking to listen first, observe hmm. second, act third. Um, I love that. Supporting people, meaning my son and his mother, right? These are two things that are high up on the, uh, the hierarchy for me. And so I'm a listener. I don't necessarily uh, make decisions for everyone as much as I will ask for their input and collectively make that decision together. So there's, there's never a time where I am insisting on things, but there are always times that I'm providing education, opportunities for people to provide feedback and insight and then promoting their abilities to do whatever it is that we're speaking about. So I'm more of the support guy, I'm the idea guy, and I'm the person that'll pay for whatever it needs to be to be able to grant those experiences because you know for me my son being on the autism spectrum it's it's difficult to understand where his passions are or will be. It's it's difficult to understand how to support him and his well-being. And the best option that I've been able to figure out is, let him tell me, you know, give him an opportunity um, to have options and describe which of these options are best for him if he can and if he can't, allow him to have those experiences uniquely and then do whatever it takes to continue to push him in the direction that he's choosing to be pushed in. So, you know, my son, He literally controls everything from what he eats, what and where and when he goes anywhere. I mean, he's in full control as a nine-year-old. But I give him that because, again, I don't want to push him in any direction as much as I want to support him in a direction that he chooses and build that infrastructure around him.
1: I love it, man. It's awesome advice. Um, I hope I get this right. Listen, observe, act, right? I think that's the word. Yeah, that. That is so simple, yet so difficult to do sometimes, especially when emotions get involved and, you know, there's kind of an alpha person and a not, you know, it, it, in it's it's great advice.
0: There's, there's just no room for alpha, uh, in my opinion.
1: No, I, I get that. But sometimes when people, emotions get going and, you know, sure. Go do your homework. You sure. know, I, I mean, I, we've all been there. And that's, that's yeah.
0: just an internal battle that we all have. I, now, I, I, right? I, I hear you. How can we get just, rid of ego? How can we get rid right. of... You know these feelings that are pushing us toward act acting without listening.
1: Right. Well, I'm just saying, like it's easy in theory to understand this Absolutely. when you're in a, when you're in a closed, contained environment. That when the heat of it, in any relationship, you know, because I, you know, I used to do some clinical counseling, and people can be very level-headed, and then something flips the switch, and they get angry, and it you know goes off the rails. But Tyrone, this was awesome. I know you got a time cap. I'm hoping maybe we can come back and do a part two on this because I think there's so I much more so. we can explore. But I think you've done a fabulous job of explaining, you know, in in very broad strokes, how you can help a business. I think the same principles apply to students and families. And it gets taught originally at the academic school level. So people that can learn this younger are going to be able to adapt to what you're trying to bring into these businesses later. Um, So it it all fits. It all is like one giant, giant thing. Uh, You want to plug anything? You want to tell people how to get a hold of you? Uh, I know you got a website, opportunistoserve.com, right?
0: Yep. And the shorter version is Uh, www.opp2s.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, um, Tyrone Martin Robinson, the third. You can find me on Facebook, opportunities to serve Facebook page. You can find me on Instagram, OPP2S and Twitter, OPP2S. Gotcha. Um, or you can reach out to Dr. Green and he can- I will
1: I will happily make meeting. the uh, the reintroduction. And all this will be in the show notes. People usually know that. Perfect. Listen, uh, let's do this. I hope to get you back on the podcast again. Steve Green, make the great podcast here. Tell parents, students, families, learn information, take actions they can use right away. Not tomorrow. As soon as you get done listening to this. You got some great ideas here for operations, processes, systems, all the things we've been talking about hearing from another expert in the field. I love it. Tyrone, thank you one more time. And I appreciate you coming on everybody. Look thank out for so the next for episode me. and uh, you know, you're welcome. And uh, we'll do it again. So yes, I'm going to sign off here. Let's get the uh, make the great theme. now well, first of all, let's get a big hand for Tyrone. There we go. appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks everybody. Good. Have a great day.
0: You've been listening to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please visit
1: makethegrade.net.